it's really interesting that we're living through a time where that is a thing. Where if you say, I'm concerned about XYZ as it relates to men and young boys, and the reaction or response is more so about what that says about your support of women or your support of the other sex. It's a very interesting time that we're living, like we are here for it, you know, and mm-hmm. the work that you do is so important for this kind of swinging back into balance. The toxic masculinity piece, Krista and I have talked about this a lot, not necessarily on the podcast, <laughs> but in private, maybe a little bit on the podcast, but just, yeah, this like deep compassion. I don't know if that's the right word or just kind of pain we feel for this like blanket statement that masculine is toxic. And I know that's not the exact definition and we're talking about a specific type of masculinity, but I think people take it to that extreme where it's like the masculine Mm. is toxic. And I guess, you know, it was specifically related to dating. There's a lot of women in our community who are dating and are single. And so I'm wondering how it's kind of caused men to ultimately not be themselves Mm. because of this fear of being toxically masculine, even though... (laughs) <laughs> it's like so nebulous. It's like, what? Yeah. what is that? Right. So I'm just curious what you see specifically around men approaching women in these like heterosexual situations. Yeah. Maybe I'll just talk about toxic masculinity very briefly. Yes. And then I'll talk about this poll that I ran, which was really fascinating. In the psychological space, in therapeutic space, psychological space, spiritual space, all of those modalities whether it's spirituality, any form of spirituality, any form of psychology, any form of therapeutic modality, it's about acceptance. And it's about being able to build a relationship with the thing that we have an adverse relationship with. And in all of those modalities, what they are all saying unequivocally across the board is when you begin to target something and despise it within yourself, right? We can use anxiety as an example. The worst thing that we can do with our anxiety is say, I fucking hate you. Yeah. I hate you. I hate that you're here. I don't want you. Get away from me. Right. Oh, why do you always show up when I'm in this meeting or around this guy or blah, blah, blah. When we do that, we make that part of us the villain and we begin to fuel it. It then feeds off of that because there isn't an integration there. It doesn't have a seat at our inner kingdom. doesn't have a seat at the table of our life. And so it begins to manifest more. We take that approach culturally with things that we dislike. And when we look at men and masculinity specifically, and we begin to say, oh, this is problematic, Mm. or there's a potential issue here, what has started to happen and be culturally acceptable is the demonization of that. The demonization of certain masculine qualities and attributes that maybe could be useful in some cases, but in other cases is definitely harmful. And the demonization of that thing without the understanding of it begins to create more of it. So like when you look at the whole toxic masculinity thing, I would really argue that that has done less help and more harm than anything else. Because what it's done is send a signal out to male culture and to men 
that says there's something wrong with you and we don't like it and you need to change it. And it's connected to these pillars of what you think it means to be a man and to be masculine. And these parts of you that you actually like and that most women are telling you that we want, right? We want direct, we want assertive men, we want men to sometimes take the lead in the relationship and plan and these types of things, right? And that's not everybody and I realize that and it's just, it's a general statement. So what that does within male culture is that resistance and that hatred builds more of it. And mm -hmm. so you see characters like Andrew Tate come onto the scene and glom on and do this very simple thing, which is he'll say a truth and an inflammatory statement. And the inflammatory statement is almost always related to some kind of, of hatred or rejection mm. that men have felt and experienced. And then guys glom onto that, right? And then they move in that direction. So I'm not advocating for, you know, just accept male behavior and accept all these things that are harmful. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that the approach that we've taken culturally is creating more of a divide than anything else. Yeah. 100% more of a divide. And and we know that because we wouldn't behave like that with women. And if men were saying, oh, that's toxic and, you know, this part of femininity is so toxic and so unhealthy, no one would stand for that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and <laughs> it's just, true. it's not, it's just not how we would ex go about it. So, true. so I think we need to change the conversation specifically around masculinity and men and this whole toxic masculinity conversation because men want a function in a place. And one of the most damaging things that you can do to a man is say you're not needed and you're not necessary. And I'll, I'll, like that will just create more men who are checked out from relationships, from dating, from society, from work. And the most, the historically, the most dangerous thing cultures have ever done is exclude men and push them and drive them out to the fringes. And then you have large groups of men who are not invested in the culture. They're not invested in society. They're not invested in procreation or mating or dating or any of those things. And those men become dangerous. Yeah. And we're doing that in our culture. So true. Wow. Right. That so, so true. That's the first part. The second part of I listened to this podcast with this woman named Ayala. I think I'm saying it right. Mm -hmm. It's A-E-L-L-A. And she was on this guy, Lex Friedman, who I really I love. Like Lex. His, yeah, yeah, he's great. Right. And so she she's had a very interesting past. She was a sex worker. She's a data analyst. Mm -hmm. And she ran these polls to see how many women wanted a more sexually dominant man mm -hmm. and how many men wanted to be sexually dominant. And in her polling, what she found was that more women want their male sexual partner. We're talking about heterosexual relationships. More women want their man to be sexually dominant than men want to be sexually dominant in the bedroom. So there's this emerging discrepancy that's starting to happen in dating because a lot of guys, because of the social commentary that's happened, we've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater, right? We've said like, men, you shouldn't be direct. You shouldn't be assertive. You shouldn't be any of these things. And so men are scared to approach. Men are scared to talk to women. They don't necessarily want to. They don't think it's worth it. You know, they're worried about allegations. They're worried about all sorts of things, right? They really like men are not engaging with women in the way that they normally would. Yes. And so I, I ran this poll in my Instagram profile, which is like 50-50, right? 50% men and 50% women. Same results. Women said unequivocally, 
I had 2,500 people go through the polling, mm -hmm. roughly 2,500 men and women. And women, on average, wanted men to be sexually dominant more than men wanted to be sexually dominant within the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there's this emerging discrepancy that's starting to show up in dating where guys are hanging back. Wow. And what's happening, and you can see this in dating apps, which is super fascinating. Dating apps are a shit show. Shit show. <laughs> I'm man. like, so, you know, I'm so glad I'm like married and in a relationship. <laughs> no. I'm like, man, because I, I think I'd probably be, I mean, I don't know what that would be like right now, but to that, that's a different conversation. Actually, my wife and I have talked about that a few times. <laughs> so what's emerging on these dating apps is that Women are having to make very quick decisions, mm -hmm. very sort of snap decisions based on a couple images and, and some text. Yes. Right. And so when you take 50 men and 50 women on across these dating apps, what you have is that 45 of those 50 women go after five of the men. So on average, women are going after five to 8% of the men online. And the guys that are in the bottom 50% on Tinder, on Hinge, on Bumble, they, nothing. Nothing. Like, I mean, nothing. They can't get a message. They can't get a response. They can't get a match. They can't get anything. And so they so. start to check out. Yeah. And then they start to check into these conversations on YouTube and Reddit and whatnot that are saying, like the black pill and the red pill and all these mm -hmm. different colored pills that are saying women only want men over six feet tall. And that make, you know, over $150,000. And so they start to get jaded because they're on these dating apps and they just can't get any connection whatsoever. And then they go online and they see the data that's emerging from these dating apps that's saying that women are only selecting this sort of top 5% of men. And they're all clamoring after this sort of top 5%. And what's happening for those guys is those guys are realizing it. And so those guys are sleeping with a tremendous amount of women. Mm -hmm. They're not in relationships with any of them, or if they are, they're in open relationships with many women. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, in part, creating the discrepancy that we're starting to see between, especially within the age range of 18 to 29, where you have 66% of those men single, but only 33% of women in that same age bracket are single. Hmm. So half as many women in that age bracket are single. Why is that? Well, one, women in that age range are dating older men, typically. Why? Yeah. Because older men generally are more mature. They've developed more. They've had time to gain some sense of economic status and stability, maybe social status. They've got a good network by that point. Maybe they've calmed through some phase of their life, right? Maybe they've hit rock bottom and started to you know, get their life together or whatever it is. But the other piece is that a lot of women are either saying that they're in a relationship or in a relationship with a man who is with many women. And that's becoming much more prominent within our culture. And look, I'm not saying that's good or bad or wrong or any, I'm not making a statement about whether it's morally okay or not. I'm just saying this is what the data is showing is happening with dating apps and some of the commentary that's happening within men and women in our culture. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. 
We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.